Section number 45 of the Anzac Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Icy by E. A. M. W. From the Anzac Book. Edited by C. E. W. Bean. Nobody seemed to know much about him except that he was generally considered by all those who knew him in the squadron to be a cold foot, and his nickname was appropriately Icy. Not that the others had any particular cause to call him that, but whenever Beachy Bill came screeching overhead, he would involuntarily duck and then smile in that peculiar manner of his as much to say, I can't help it. Beachy wasn't his worst enemy, though, for if there was anything that he dreaded, it was those Turkish 75s. Footnote. The Turks had a battery of French 75s at Anzac, seized as the guns were coming from France during the blockade of Servia in the Balkan War. End footnote. It used to make us feel as if we could shake him when we saw how he would double himself up, and yet one never liked to attempt anything of the kind whenever he used that smile. Moreover, as he was over six feet in height and correspondingly strong, it would not have been poetic. His was a baffling smile, recalling the peculiar smile of the Mona Lisa, and like it, unfathomable. He was a very quiet kind of chap, and when it was his turn to do fatigues, he would go and perform whatever was required of him without ever grumbling. His mates used to take a mean advantage of his good nature and would shunt all the work, such as sweeping out the posse or trenches on to him. About the time of which I am writing, we had noticed that Abdul was sapping somewhere down the gully. Sometimes we could distinguish dark shapes moving about, and no amount of sniping on our part would stop them. They worked only during the night, and each morning we found that the pile of new earth down the gully had grown higher. At last we understood his plan, and it came to our turn to make a counter-move. One evening I was told off, among others, to go out and dig a new trench in front of a duel's new sap. We had to block him from getting to a certain place on the little ridge which hitherto had been in no man's land. I noticed that Icy had also been told off, but he was to be one of the covering party. All that night we worked hard, digging ourselves in and filling sandbags, which we threw up in front of us. At first we were undisturbed, but suddenly the bullets began to ping-ping over our heads, and we knew that Abdul had tumbled. 
Still, he was himself intent on digging. He did not come out at us, but contented himself by sniping, thinking to drive us off in that way. However, it was a bit late in the day for that, since by the time he found us out, we had already several good sandbags filled, and these protected us as long as we kept well down. Several of our chaps were winged, but as none of the wounds were very serious, we didn't mind that. When it had struck five in the morning, we knocked off and retired to sleep away the day. Half a dozen bomb throwers who had volunteered for the job then took our places, bringing with them a few bombs, their rifles, ammunition, water bottles, and a supply of bully beef and biscuits. There they spent the whole day, lying low under cover of the sandbags. But Abdul troubled them not. Next night we went out again to resume work, and then it was that certain things happened which made us look upon Icy in a different light. We had no sooner started work than ra-ta-ta-ta-ta, went a machine gun somewhere out to the left, and the bullets came pinging round hot and close, winging three and killing two on the first discharge. John Turk had stolen a march on us by placing a machine gun away out on his extreme flank, where he could, to a certain extent, enfilade us. That sort of thing could not be allowed to last, as we had to bury our noses in the ground each time the confounded gun opened up. Our covering party, being out ahead of us, escaped the hail of bullets better than we did. The place was now become too hot to stay in, so the order came along to retire independently to our trenches until something could be done to stop the machine gun. When we mustered again in the trenches, we found that one man of the covering party was missing. The man was icy. As we were talking about him, wondering who should go back to look for him, there came the noise of a commotion from the direction of the Turkish machine gun. Bang, bang, went a couple of bombs, followed by cries and shouts from Abdul. And... Above it all were certain we heard fragments of language of the category known in Australia as Bolokaki. Footnote. Bolokaki stands both for the bullock driver and for his chief gift. End footnote. What could it mean? By this time, the alarm had spread along the whole of Abdul's front trenches, which belched forth liquid fire. In our own trenches, everyone had mechanically sprung to arms, and we stood there wondering while, for fifteen minutes, the Turks fired without ceasing. Gradually, the noise subsided, and we noticed, for some reason, the machine gun away on the left was strangely quiet. An hour later, we were stealing out again to have another attempt at completing our trenches when I stumbled over the form of a man lying prone. 
bending over to see him i found it was icy his clothes were wet and sticky with blood and half underneath his body there showed the muzzle of a machine gun as we lifted him up we saw that the gun was there complete tripod and all we took him into the lines and handed him over to the dressing station and just before we came away he opened his eyes and told enough for us to realize that icy had sneaked over and stolen the turkish gun to this day we don't quite know how he did it as he never will talk about it but before they took him on to the hospital ship the next day with his sixteen bullet wounds and scratches all told there went down to see him a crowd in which i was amongst the foremost which apologized to icy very humbly and do you know he only smiled back at us in that funny old way of his e a m w end of section 45 recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc